Welcome to Playing With Fire, the podcast for people who are ready to custom build their love. We're talking about non-monogamy, however you design it, as an individuation opportunity. Want to leave the default and make your life spectacularly you? You're in the right place. Hi, Ken. Hi. Um, we're going to record an episode this week about being the heat miser, I think. Um... I'm too much. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. We're going to record an episode about my favorite topic. Just kidding. I hate mm. this. Okay. But I have to record this episode with you because this topic has been barreling my direction. Well, for my whole life in yeah. some ways. But I think in the last two weeks, I have had... A good solid dozen run-ins with this idea of being too much, too much. And if you're sensing a little smarm in my voice, it's because I feel a little smarmy about it. I feel a little spicy. I do. I'm salty. As far as I can tell, you're you. You're not... Yeah, so this episode is personal. It yeah, it is. I um I mean to some degree, I mean they're all personal. But but this particular take, this is my hot take on what it's like to be um accused. <laughs> J'accuse. J'accuse. Accused. Accused of being too much. I, I'm gonna yeah, I'm sticking with that for right now. Here's the thing. We didn't know exactly what the what the entry point to this conversation would be. But it feels accusatory the way people sometimes say this. Here are the forms that too muchness has taken in my life recently. You're intimidating. I'm intimidated. Um, you're really a lot. Um, wow. That's... Um, you're a lot and possibly my favorite you know I just feel like you're a lot for me what are you supposed to do with that exactly so there's the thing what am I supposed to do that with that because that the person who says this to me well they get to have their opinion but I didn't actually need to know that if they wanted to draw a boundary they um, it has nothing to do with me. Their, their judgment of my muchness really, um, that's on them because so you and I are quite different people. We are. And, uh, do you notice that I'm a lot? Not the, no, that's not my experience of you. Do you notice how much more stuff I do than you? Oh, I do. I notice the differences between <laughs> you and me. And do you do you notice them in a way that sometimes makes you feel something about yourself? Yes, I can use your example to compare myself to if I want to. There we go. Envy has entered the chat. Mm. You used the word compared, and so we didn't pregame this particular conversation for a reason, because I think that 
you have been the best medicine for me. My whole life, since I was four or five years old, I can remember being told that I'm too much in a billion different ways. You have been excellent medicine because um, comparison isn't your go-to move. You're not a big compare. Like that's not your go-to mode in the world. And yet it's available to all of us. Like comparison, especially when there's just two of us in any situation, right? Like there's this sort of natural inclination to compare. I mean, there's me and then there's not me (laughs) from my self-centered point of view. Um, Yeah. So then, then since there's me and not me, I have the opportunity to compare. Which doesn't have to be bad. Two things. No, it doesn't have to be anything but an observation. Um, and yet what comparison I'm is, often turns into... But the word too, too much, that is a judgment. That's, a, that's, a, that's not just a, an, a, an observation. That becomes a judgment and a request. A request for what? Well, <laughs> she says, if as if she doesn't, yeah. hasn't heard this request a million times If somebody's before. saying you're too much then there's clearly extra that you should be, I don't know, not having, removing. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with it exactly because it's yeah. the second I get into it. But you're you. So that's why you have been good medicine for me because even though I can't actually think of anyone I have ever shared a big portion of my me-ness with, <laughs> my me, um, who I'm more different from. Like You and I are incredibly different we really are yeah and yet um you have not sought to make yourself feel better by asking me to constrain squish or cut off parts of me even though i would have done it in the early days of our relationship, I, I did. You were definitely not asking me to, but I look back and I read my journals from back then and I think, oh, look at me volunteering to chop off bits of myself all over the place in order to try to fit and not make you, not intimidate you, not make you feel like there's anything wrong or missing from you because I'm all this. So when we started, you were thinking about fitting yourself into a mold that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. The mold that people had told you throughout your life. And I've been trained. A lot of people, I mean, my parents, possibly well-meaning, they were both very introverted and um, really wanted uh, small, very constrained lives. They, like, wanted this. They talked about this. They wanted that. And that's not how I came into the world. I came in... Singing and dancing, literally. That's that was just not that was not the template. I don't think they knew where I came from. I I surprised them, and then yeah, everybody I I friended and partnered with, like that was a commonality, not universally, but it was a commonality. And you know, I hear this conversation being had. I just ordered Elise Meyer's sweatshirt that says find less (laughs) and i have another shirt from um, another company that says yeah if i'm too much for you go find less but um you know this comes up a lot in my life it comes up professionally 
And, you know, okay, so if you're, if I'm not your cup of tea professionally, okay, well, you're, you're excused. If you were waiting for me to excuse you, you're excused from class. Um, if I'm too much for you personally, then again, like I can welcome you to excuse yourself, but why do you need to know about it? Ha- it? it has nothing to do nothing with me. To do your with opinion you of me has nothing to do with me. And yet I find myself doing my own psychological work around this over and over and over again. And I wonder now, I find myself wondering if all those people who are fans of saying, oh, she's a lot. I wonder if they're doing their work. I wonder if they've ever considered, huh, I'm overwhelmed by people. Maybe that's my responsibility. Oh, so I was having this conversation with a friend earlier and I want to record a podcast about this with this lovely group of women that I'm spending time with and I care about deeply. And um, it was Megan Batia from the Emory podcast. And she said, you know, it's, it's, it's their responsibility to manage their boundaries and their energy. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when I, you're I too much. So, so you're at, if I tell you that you are too much, I see that as I'm asking you to hold a boundary that's mine. Yeah. And so that's what I experience as so different about you is um, you never tell me I'm too much. You, you've, that's just not a way you would phrase that. Um, and so I, I'm, it has always been me thinking, oh, I should, I should squish myself. I should, mm-hmm. I should do something to make myself either smaller or more manageable, more comfortable for you. And you don't require that of me. And it is why we are so well suited to each other. In my experience, like why I find you to be so, so well suited to me is I feel like it's okay for me to be my messy and um, overwhelming self and that you will take care of managing your boundaries around that. And full disclosure, I'm not all that good at it, but when I fail, I know it's mine. I know it's me not holding my boundaries. That came up um, a few weeks back. I remember you mentioning... Um, in the, in this way that you do, you, you brought up that you were pretty sure you needed some time alone. <laughs> yeah. And right. I thought, yeah, that sounds totally legitimately reasonable. Like, of course, sure. What are you going to do about that? And you over there. Yeah. It was, it was yours, but I can see why, I can see why you having watched me be wounded this way over and over again, you might have even just been being overly careful thinking oh gosh i hope she doesn't think like that i'm overwhelmed or i'm um bothered and i don't know whether that's what was going on behind the scenes in there but i can't stress enough how how much it matters to me that we show up for each other and like the, the way this goes this this messy Mm, these differences. You and I are different. That is the best part of our relationship. But it would be so easy to um, to deal out these qualities as if like 
you get to be the big one. I'm the big one, so you must be the so small one. I must one. be the small one. That, that's Which is a... logistically funny that I'm five feet tall <laughs> and you're six feet tall. But um, it feels like I see this all over the it's place. It's a common thing. Right? Yeah. It's the, the automatic polarization we do whenever there are two of anything. There's two. Let's put them at the end of a pole. But we're humans and we're incredibly complicated. That's the beautiful thing about being human. But I have to tolerate not really understanding some stuff. If I, if I want to stay out of polarization, I need to tolerate not being able to categorize. And I got to say, I kind of hate that. That's, that it, you are not a fan <laughs> of I, that. But... I am not a fan I love being able to categorize things. I love it so much that I I now, like so this is really, I'm just doing real-time processing here. I wonder if I encourage this, um, this view of me as too much because I am so used to wanting to categorize things myself. I'm so used to wanting to polarize um, because I like to sort because that's how I feel safe. So I... My my way to finding safety when I feel uncomfortable is to sort things out to make structure and to make sure that they make logical order. Um, and I can do that when I polarize, when I say, I'm this, so you are that. Mm-hmm. If I stay in the, in the muck of it and I say, well, we're not really alike, but we're also not opposites. And you know what? We're not really able to come. We don't have a lot of language that would describe how we're alike, but not alike at the same time. It, it's messy and it's. I see what you mean. Yeah, we don't have language that. Um, that's designed to acknowledge the complexity of our sameness and differences at the same time. Except we do. It's oh, called yeah? adjectives. okay but no okay but we don't have simple language to describe this complex thing so there's the Hmm. thing we have adjectives and i love to use when i'm talking i love to use three adjectives to describe anything i also love to use three actions like whenever i'm writing i notice how many times i use comma 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 comma. i'm always like two of them right i always did i pick that up from you because i do the same thing it's like okay i've got two things i need a third do you though (laughs) apparently right it's it's this it's (laughs) yeah it's so common there they are and it's often because i want to include the contradictory the inherent contradictoriness of this thing i'm describing right so um yeah i mean we commonly say a hot mess these days but Mm -hmm. i i love I love seemingly contradictory qualities found in the same place. Yeah. I, am, I am one of the messiest humans I know. And I am also one of the most highly structured humans I know. Yep. Persephone was queen of the underworld and maiden of springtime. So I get to be this too. So you get to be that. Okay. So if I accept my own contradictory qualities, I wonder if I can release some of this energy that is that appears to be calling in people feeling intimidated and then needing to tell me about it or people saying you're too much as a veiled request for me to do something different. 
I don't want to call that in anymore. So we're here talking about this. I think this is, well, I was in a, <laughs> I was in a room today. There were five of us women. We had all heard this. Mm. What about you over there, man-bodied person? Um, how long did it take you to get me to use my whole voice? Oh my goodness. 12 years. years. <laughs> um, We're still working on it. I'll yep. let you know when we finish. Right. Uh, I don't know where this came from. Partially because I don't spend as much time going over my past as you do. And I don't, my memory doesn't work the same way yours does. So it may be that I could sit down and think and remember and find some specific examples of experiences that led me to think I should be quieter. I should not disturb people. Mm -hmm. I should behave in ways that uh, that encourage people to accept me, not as I am, but as they want me to be. So I have absolutely responded to unspoken, as far as I can remember, requests to be smaller and weaker. Oh, definitely weaker. Yeah. So yeah, I come in this body. You're pretty strong. And I am pretty strong. And I feel like I should not let, I want to show off, but I also know that people will be upset if I do. I've watched you compete. You, you frequently compete to get the last place, like the last standing place. Mm -hmm. So if there's a competition and there are going to be three spots, you will be the third spot. Yeah. I, Somewhere I've seen it over way, and over again. I decided that it would be a bad idea to win. I remember you telling me this when we would first race, because when we first started running together, I could, I could just barely keep pace with you, but I could beat you on a downhill because my knees didn't hurt because I was young. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was, it was mind blowing to me. You said that you just, you didn't like to win. It made you uncomfortable. And I, having been born in this littler body that people always think is weak, even though I am pretty strong myself. You are. Um, I often find myself wanting to prove myself. And so leaning into bigness, leaning into mm -hmm. presentation of bigness, even if, I mean, I, I was told as recently as last week, like, you're disconcertingly small. I am the size I am. What, what the I, hell does that even mean? So, so people thing. walk around with these standards too right. much, first of all, of what, but then who's deciding what the right amount is? What Small is? Small relative to what? What, where, where are these, where are these standards written down? And even if we were talking about some sort of average, but we're grownups. Yeah. We are grown-ups, yep. and we know that averages mean nothing when we're talking about individuals. We've learned that, right? By now, that like <laughs> so, we don't grow up and then all become average, except so, here I am, backing away from backing away from my my own potential, backing away from your individuation and my individuation. So, the way this would come up for me most frequently in my first marriage is my my um, interest. And desire for sex was much higher than my husband's. And because I was the girl part of that heterosexual looking relationship, um, it didn't fit. 
So that was deemed too much. I was excessive. I think it's one of the things that led me to this, to, to everything I work on. Because the good news is, yeah, I was. It was too much. Thank God. Because if I had not just continually listened to my inner voice that said, yes, I wanted more sex. Yes, I wanted the sex to be remarkable. And yes, I absolutely wanted to slut it up when I wanted to slut it up. If I hadn't listened to any of that, I would not be a psychologist. I would not have written books. I would not have bothered to create it. And I wouldn't be with you. I wouldn't. I would be in a life, a teeny little shadow of the current life I have because I would have rejected my individuation work. I would have been rejecting. I don't think it, it's not because of you that I've individuated, but I would have, in order to stay in that small container, I was going to have to continually cut pieces of myself off. You can't individuate like that. Nope. No, because it's literally yeah. the process of remembering and like remembering. Bringing so the pieces R-E dash M-E-M. Remembering. Sewing the parts of you back on that were never meant to be disposed of. Mm. And recollecting the parts of you that you tucked away in little corners. And I, I couldn't, I don't even know that I could have gained that language safely in that container. And I don't, I don't, that's not a, a hit on my first husband. It's, it's just not the life we signed up to live together. And it's not the life my parents wanted for me. And I had, I guess I was faced with a choice and the choice was, do I choose me? And I did. And then I got really lucky that you happened to want to be an, an individuation partner. Somebody who is more interested in my growth path than us staying together. Yeah. Which is kind of so, a dicey place for us to live. It is a little dicey. Um, there are definitely some some shaky moments. Um, and not just in like the fights or whatever, but sometimes just in the quiet moments of there's, uh, we don't know, neither of us knows where the growth goes right. for either of us. Right. So, and you, I, you have said in, in several circumstances that um, individu individuation isn't for everybody. Not everybody wants to do it, and that's totally fine. There are there's so many different ways to live a life, and one of them is to live a life focused on individuation. But if you're not, do do you, do you have to tell the people who are trying to to not? Because yeah. that's what I—that's one of the things I hear in the in the too much. Could you could you please not grow so much? Yeah. Could you uh, be not less but, dynamic? But less. Why? Could you be less yourself? Could you be less yourself? Because because there there's maybe that's I don't want to be all of myself or something. I. It's the it's the it's the thing that you're tell you're telling on yourself mm. <laughs> when you say this for one thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. My experience. Of, of being in this this incarnation of me is I have a fuck ton of energy like a ton you really do I yeah. I have a ton of energy I like to use it I like to make an immense amount of stuff um 
I like to be actively participating in so much. I like it. It's wonderful. I love it. (laughs) So to be anything else would be to be less myself. And you asked if, you know, you don't have to choose to individuate. You don't. It's, It's just, it's a path through life. Um, and Jung has been accused of being, Jung wrote like that not all individuation isn't for anyone, everyone. And he's been accused of being elitist in that way, but that's not how I read it. I read it as, um, hey, if you feel comfortable and well held in the cultural container you're in, if, if that feels good for you, great, do that. That's wonderful. There's no problem there. And... Not all of us do. Some of us just, we itch there. I am constantly um, compelled to bring more of my unconscious material into my conscious awareness. And it is exhausting and exhilarating. And I like that. I like the roller coaster of individuation. Mm-hmm. Not everybody likes roller coasters and that's okay. But it is challenging if you happen to be married to someone or partnered long-term with somebody who doesn't like that roller coaster of individuation. That can be hard. Yeah. And not I unworkable, think but not hard. unworkable unless. So I've been thinking about that. And so you have all this energy mm-hmm. and you, you're a, a, a creative dynamo. You create oh. lots. Thanks. It's awesome. And as long as I was trying to stay enmeshed with you and blur the boundaries of who was you and who was me, mm. that was tremendously uncomfortable and i can imagine that inspiring someone to say you're too much because i can't keep up with you and if i can't keep up with you then i'm not you and now i'm confused because in an enmeshed relationship because which i have been in um i mean you're actively working on i'm still working to on on enmeshing yeah Yeah. so which means i am too but um but i i really appreciate your perspective on this yeah well my my perspective is if if i see you as a reflection of me and i see you doing things that i try to do and can't or have tried or just plain don't want to Mm -hmm. but i haven't separated from you i'm going to ask you to stop because it's threatening because it's because it's Uh, yeah it's like having a muscle spasm like (laughs) That part of me is doing things I don't want it to do. How do I stop it? Well, I will ask it to stop. It's, yeah. You Please don't do that because you're you. And if you don't want that, do something else. Just like the individuation work. If you don't want to, don't. Yeah, so you don't have to want an individuation path to choose to move out of enmeshment. No, 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 that, no. They're like, there's, separate things. There's like... <laughs> Moving out of enmeshment is necessary for individuation. And yet, it's not sufficient. Like, that's not the end. Yeah, because we could be, um, we could have a relationship that has nothing to do with individuation, but I may still follow you around everywhere and do everything you do, even though I don't like half of it. Yes. How do you know you could do that? I've done it for a long time. For a long time. Yeah. You did that for 20 years with somebody else. I'm, I've been thinking about that and I kind of wish I'd done that different. Well, so <laughs> for me, for me, it's really interesting though. I, I mean, me too. I didn't know 
that that's what I was doing. It's what had been presented as no. the style of relationship. This is what you do. You you smush yourselves together. Mm-hmm. You take the Play-Doh that you each are and you smush yourselves into one ball of Play-Doh. And that's what a relationship is. And, right. you know, if you're particularly mature, then you have like sep- a separate hobby. Yeah. Great. Good job. And that's kind of it. And and then we've gone a whole other way with this, with this love, with this marriage, with this particular yeah. relationship. And it, it, I can't sort out um, all of me because we're also growing all the time. So we find new places where we're like, oh, um, we're both growing and we live in close proximity. And it's actually hard to keep track of all the things that are me Mm, and what's you because i also love overlapping with you that's intimacy like i i love overlapping with you to this deep degree where i where i i don't really for moments a lot of these having to do with sex can't really tell the difference between you and me Mm -hmm. and the key is can i then come back to myself right can i experience that that intense merging experience that a sexual high might be and then return to me. And um, that's taken so much practice. I feel like that that's actually the place where, um, yeah, it, it's, I have to actively do it because it's, it's a little like being high. I, I don't want to come back out of it. Like, oh, that's perfect. That is the perfect temperature. That's the perfect tone. That's the perfect everything. Let's just stay just like this. And so I start fights to get back out of that. Yes, you do, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I just noticed, well, so I'll just name it. So there you are. You're yeah. in the perfect temperature. It's like, okay, so I got to get out of here somehow. So I'm going to pour a bunch of cold water on it. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, that's not the kindest move out I think of there that. might be other ways to do that. But the thing is, it's so important that that you do it. That if that's, I mean, that's not the only way. No, it's not. But but, now, but, but the thing is, I don't think I've ever noticed yeah. that that's what wow. I'm doing mm. when all of a sudden I have some judgment to deliver. Yeah. Or I have some like, or I, I all of a sudden need to dredge up this big thing that just has to be done. Well, like, thank you for noticing that. Oh. I can work with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because another option would be for me to go do something by myself. Or, or go do, or go actually like go meet with some of my other individuation partners. I have a wonderful therapist who I work with. I have friends who can meet me in that level of connection. And that those offer different aspects of, of mirroring and different aspects of experiencing temporary merging and then having to find myself again. And interesting. Okay. So now that I know I'll do better. Well, Thank you. I appreciate you noticing that. That's pretty cool. So when someone says to another person, you're too much, they're acknowledging the difference between the two of them and requesting a change. It's what it sounds like. Well, I mean, it sounds like a passive aggressive request. It sounds like a passive aggressive. Who would know better than you? <laughs> Who would know better than me? I mean, I passive aggressive requests were your abs like your go-to that was it Every i request. still work on my language i i i feel like internally i have 
changed the way I think about how I relate to people, but my language still so often will be a statement instead of a question. Right. Um, it, and so, of course. But yeah, so there, so there, you're, you're not me, and I'm threatened by that. That's that's what you're too much there is, sounds like. So there's to me. an there's an implicit. There can easily be heard an implicit request to be less, mm -hmm. or to be more more the same, or to show the difference less. And well, I've committed to a life of not just with you, but a life of encouraging everyone to be them to be them in their fullness which means being them complicated and monstery and exquisite and delicious and all that and so i i'm just working on tolerating the fact that that means that i will also feel kind of alone and weird all the time mm. like it means that i feel like a weirdo great awesome i'm gonna celebrate my weirdoness and um and not worry about the fact that that means if I'm not merging and I'm not going to request other people to like meet me where I am exactly. And, and there's the work of actually like being in my individuation, right? Like allowing myself to be separate and distinct. The pain of that is, I mean, it's what other reason could there possibly be to incarnate in a material world other than to experience the exquisite horror of being separate yeah. just for this lifetime, just for this time right now? Because in every cosmological sense I can think of, there is no separation. We're all energy. We're all, right? Like, whatever, whatever distinction there is will melt away when these bodies are no longer containing us. Whether that's an afterlife or not, it doesn't even matter to me. I, I came here for some reason. It was probably to be weird for a while. So let's make it weird. So let's make it weird. I'm going to get that tattoo. I have to. Yeah. That's, that's got to be my yep. next tattoo. Mm -hmm. Make it weird. Make mine weird. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to get that tattoo. Excellent. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Okay, this was very productive for me. I am so grateful to the um, to the women that held space for me today. Five different women held space for me at times today, and um, and now you have stayed here and held space for me as well. And I feel seen and heard, and like this is the way I know that I'm I'm growing up while we're doing this relating. I know that I often am, and am, am in the like the teacher mode here, but um, yeah, I couldn't do this without you. So thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. It would be a different ride with anyone else. It would. Thank Thanks. you. There's no one right way to design your relationship. And lots of people, actually about 25%, according to a recent national survey, are interested in some type of open relationship. But how do you know if you are ready to open up happily? Not everyone is, and that's no problem. I've got a 60-second quiz that will give you the answer. And even better, you'll walk away with your next step, whether you're good to go or not so much when it comes to opening up. 
And this is no BuzzFeed nonsense. I personally designed this quiz from my years of academic research. Go to joliquiz.com. That's J-O-L-I-Q-U-I-Z.com. And find out if you're ready to open up happily and what to do if you are or if you're not.